This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. And you know what? Merry Christmas. This is our last podcast of 2023. We have a lot of ground to cover, but we're just, I want to say right up front how thankful I am that you guys have been with us. Two podcasts a week is a lot. It's a lot of us talking. You have sent us your Spotify end of year stuff and lots of great reviews. Thank you for those reviews. Those really help other people find the podcast. We're just glad you guys are here. Agreed. We figured we could just chat a little bit about our year, which was huge. Mm -hmm. And I'm scrolling to my phone going, oh, that's right. We, we shot those cars. We did that too, didn't we? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, a lot of it was sort of like, that was in 2023. We did mm. that this year. Mm. Unbelievable. It was amazing. So thank you guys, as Todd said, for being with us. We really appreciate it. I'm jumping right into my favorite road trip, which was South Dakota. Who knew South Dakota was going to be fun? I mean, we planned it because we wanted it to be fun. Yeah. We planned cool stops along the way and stuff we hadn't seen. But truthfully, that trip was almost twice as much fun as I expected. I thought it was going to be pretty cool. And we got on. I was like, this is great. Yeah. It was, I mean, who knew the mm-hmm. roads east of Devil's Tower in Wyoming mm-hmm. were spectacular. Mm-hmm. They were amazing. If you haven't seen that trip, it is on our main channel. The thumbnail says 2,000 miles, and it shows the Corvette and the Elise in front of Mount Rushmore, one of the many places we went to. It's just, it's a fun piece that's full of surprises. It's also very family friendly. And not so dedicated to cars that your non-car-loving family members wouldn't enjoy it. So if you're looking for just, you know what, an hour of no Christmas music and no bickering over this holiday season, (laughs) you can put that on and everybody should get something out of it. No bickering. I know. That's, just because it's a tall order. The, the reality is you're hanging out with family. If, if you're like me, you're hanging out with family on the holidays. There you, will be bickering? Hit, oh, yeah. But you, you hit that, <laughs> that time frame where you just, as an adult, you just go, and that's why I moved out. That's, that's, that we've just, we've reached capacity and that's why I don't live with you anymore. Now I remember. There it is. So, I mean, this happens. And if, the bigger the family, the more chance there is of having that moment where it's just yeah. like, okay, this is why we do this once a year. So, when you have that moment, sit down and watch it. A fun road trip film to South Dakota, which you're going to have to convince people this is a really cool South Dakota film. But I feel pretty solid that they're going to like it. Not just roads, not just cars, and not just driving. But the monuments. There's history. There's there's yes. you and I actually talk about things other than cars. It's, it was quite a branch we out did. for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, over on Facebook, Nathaniel G is asking if there's going to be an East Coast road trip in 2024. Yes, there will be. We just don't know what it looks like yet, but we wanted to do one and really, truly East Coast. We took the the cars of the past all the way to Philadelphia, but we haven't really been up to the Northeast per se, and there's other places we didn't get to stop, you know, Tennessee and... A lot of great roads. Well, we, in, we uh, haven't ever Virginia. done Tale of the Dragon while filming, which yeah. we need to do. There's there's a lot of stuff in that area we need so, to do as well. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Nathaniel, thank you for writing. Really appreciate it, and thank you for being with us. I, I believe this is what we get to do. Well, yes, I also really liked the best road ever, the Beartooth Pass road trip film. It wasn't really a road trip film; it was just like an offshoot in the middle of our South Dakota shoot. Mm-hmm. We shot that. One of my favorite roads ever. We're hoping to do a meetup that relates to that road in the coming year. But it was very interesting to to make a piece that we went in headspace wise, Mm -hmm. this is not about the cars. Yeah. That was just kind of fun and a nice stretch in a different way. Just to be like, let's talk about where we are and that be the entire point of why we're here. That yeah. was a fun one as well. It was all about bear teeth. It's it, yeah, the it point just, of the film. Just about bears. Yeah, that's just mm-hmm. all we talked about. Uh-huh. For me, the film was Price of Fun. Okay. We've talked about it for so long and finally manifested itself in these awesome cars. I mean, we could revisit it again. I like the concept. We could do more We could in do the it future. at all kinds of things. Yeah, for <laughs> we sure. We could do it every mm-hmm. week. Price of fun with manuals. Price <laughs> oh, of fun with stop. automatics. Please Price stop. of fun with EVs. Mm-hmm. Price of fun with only wagons. <laughs> only SUVs. Only trucks. The list is endless. <laughs> the price of trucks. The price of hatchbacks. <laughs> the price of... Oh, stop. Exactly. Anyway, the price of scooters. <laughs> hey, yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh-huh. And my favorite cars were the Amira. We got to drive the Amira. Okay. You got to drive the Amira. Yeah, I did. Pretty special. That's up there. McLaren Artura, the Carrera T, had never driven one, and I fell in love with 911s again. Driving the GR86 again, though, was way up there. The GR Corolla. You remember driving the Civic Type R this year? We drove the Civic Type R a lot this year. A few times. It's on my list as one of the best ones. Yeah, for sure. It was awesome. So all of those cars were my favorites. But we also have decided, and we've got questions about that as far as what was the best car. Mm. We drove a lot, but we didn't drive 
all of the cars. Sure. Still sure. haven't been in an E-Ray or a Z06 C8. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that we haven't. So it's tough to definitively say mm-hmm. this was the best one. We can talk about our favorites, like, you know, like we're talking about from the year, but yeah. for this is the best car of the year. So you have to have a lot of people driving a lot of stuff to cast votes. And well, and then you hopefully have to put them all together at the end of the year. I mean, I think that was one coats of and charts exactly. and somebody has to have a clipboard. Whiteboarding the whole throw the clipboard yes. down at some point in disgust that has to have conference rooms and meetings. And I don't want any of that stuff. I do think that's one of the things that has confused people a bit on price of fun being released in December is I think they kind of thought it was an end-of-year best car piece, which it's not. It's a, no, it's, no. it's a representative piece that we're very proud of. We hope you have seen that. I am proud of that one because we talked about it forever, and you're right. We could take that concept and do other things with it, which brings me to if you see someone else take that concept, you saw it here first. Anyway, no, the, 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 the larger <laughs> point I want to make here is <laughs> yeah. the film I'm actually really, really proud of is the Amira C8 Cayman GTS 4.0. Oh, yeah. I'm really proud yeah. of that for a few reasons. First off, the Amira had been on our radar for a long time, and it was our first chance to actually drive one, which was a big momentous. By itself, it would have been momentous for me because I'm a Lotus geek. So that was exciting. But the GTS 4.0, we had tried to kind of find a place for it in a couple other reviews, mm-hmm. and it hadn't happened yet. And we it was our first time to really use our C8 for anything. True. So there were a lot True. of milestones there. The other thing that happened is it was last spring, well, like February range, when a couple of things were happening. It was one of the biggest snow years on record in Utah. True. Yeah. So there was no shooting anything here. In fact, I was just, you know, it, it's noon. I need to go plow my driveway again. It was an epic, epic snow year. So we were battling that. But what that meant was that L.A. was getting deluged with rain. Yeah. And yeah. most of the canyon roads we use in L.A. were literally closed from rockfall and washouts. Some of them still are. As Some of them recording. still are. You're right. Here we had these three cars we finally put together, but that meant we needed to leave our area in a C8 in the dead of winter and mm-hmm. drive it to L.A. That had to happen. It also meant we had to find a road that we hardly ever shoot that was actually open and available and not rained on and hopefully no rain the days we were there. We got sprinkled on one of the days. So there were a lot of pieces that were hard fought on that piece individually. And then it was those three cars, which are absolutely alts. Yeah. If you're, you've yeah. got a 80 to a hundred grand and you're going to buy, and I'm like all of us do, right? Cause I certainly don't. But anyway, you've got 80 to a hundred grand. You're looking I to buy. I have it under the laptop. <laughs> Good. I was wondering where that was. You were looking for, you know, I want to buy a seemingly exotic mid-engine supercar. Mm-hmm. You have three excellent choices in that price range of 80 to 100 grand, three of them, all of which yeah. are like a car you can walk away from and be like, that's my car, at Cars and Coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's all three together. I was astonished we were even able to get those cars together and put them in that situation and drive them and fight for it. And I was very, very proud we got it done. So I'm definitely proud of that one this year. I have to run through favorite cars because I realized there were a lot this year. I have to call out the Honda Civic Type R, the FL5. We drove it multiple times. Yeah, we did. And... Every single time I walked away from it, I thought, that is just brilliance in front-wheel drive form. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and I struggle with that car because it feels like a front-wheel drive, brilliant execution that should only be on track. But at 50 grand, I personally would never say, you know what you need? You need a front-wheel drive four-door for your track car. Or a $50,000 Civic. Exactly. I would. When you put it like that, it's sort of like, mm-hmm. uh. I would never think that way. <laughs> but yet every single time I had the chance to drive it, I was like, this is amazing, which makes me like the Integra Type S an awful lot. It is really amazing when you have a car that is really fun when you want it to be and completely fades in the background when you don't. Yeah. And the Type, yeah. the type S Integra really did that. Even though it's manual all the time, you can get into that subconscious place where you're just shifting and you're driving, you're not thinking about it. And then the road turns good and you're like, oh, I can throw down too. <laughs> it did really, really well Sport with that. I mean, the, mode? The, the Civic Type R never fades into the background. The Type S can. Yeah. And then the GR Corolla, I understand that what I'm about to say is not reality. The GR86 is a rear wheel drive sports car mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with a flat engine yeah. that is not turbo. However, just, just just follow me in feel, in, in fun. I feel like the GR Corolla is the all-wheel drive, no worries, hatch version of the feeling of the GR86. It's fair. That kind yeah. of just, yeah. yeah, just buy this, use it, have fun with it. I mean, it shouldn't be 45 grand. It's a Corolla, for God's sake. That's but, my motto. Just buy it. Yeah, but it is, <laughs> it is a lot you? of fun. Money. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of fun. It's one of those cars I would totally own because yeah. it just feels yeah. like the perfect enthusiast bang around hatch. I'm rocking it to ski days and yeah. tracks. Center exhaust is always a problem because I'm thinking about where does the bike rack go, but apparently I need to adapt my bike well, rack. Yeah. Moving All on, right. yeah. 
even though it did not win price of fun, the C8's a great car. It really is. Yes, it is. And, and, and you've coined something, Paul, that I think people miss a lot, and I want, I want to land on it real quickly. You talk about it being the world's most compromised sports car. You've said that since it was first like teased in a hangar in L.A. You've said it since then. Because <laughs> okay, here yeah, is a sports yeah. car that is trying to do so many things and be so many things to so many people. And we have had people, like when we put it with the LC500, people are like, well, it's not a GT car. It's like, well, yeah, it is. And we put it on track against sports cars or against the Amir or the Cayman, and it's like, it's not a, a focused mid-engine sports car. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is really probably the best attainable execution, and I don't even know if you talk about unattainable stuff that have done it this well, of being everything in one car. Now, that means some stuff isn't operating at a 10. It's not like the best at fill in the blank. Right. But it can do anything you can think of really well. If you wanted to buy a C8 and do nothing but commute in it back and forth, great. Yep. You want to buy it and do nothing but track work in it, fine. You want to make it your all-purpose road trip car or your date night car or your, yes, it can do everything we're talking about. You absolutely, my Lotus Elise has had this conversation on all of our road trips. There are definitely cars that are better at specific things, but the C8, I continually am amazed at how good it is at so many things at such a high level in one package. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm astounded every time we drive yeah. it. You know, it's not the best at everything. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we get out of something and be like, okay, the C8 loses to that. But then every other aspect comes flooding back. Yeah. It's I mean, so you, great. Your, your commentary that is the world's most compromised sports car and you mean it as a compliment. Yes. I don't think that lands yes. on people very often. They've done that very, very well. So I have to give it kudos. And then I do have to say, I look at hypercars Okay, the Pagani Waira, the the new Gordon Mary T50 or T33. And I go, That's these are these are cars that if I had money, no object, I expect I would buy one of these because they just speak to me. Even without having never driven them, I just, they just speak to me. They seem like the right kind of thing for me. I don't live in that world. So if I pull myself back to what is the, probably shouldn't have bought that, a little bit too expensive, Mm, that was a stretch. What is that car for me that checks all those boxes of those hypercars? And that is the Amira. Really? Yeah, it really is. That's that, cool. That is the, the T33 for me. It's you know, so that good. is the, the, yeah. the Wyra. It's not yeah. as flashy as the Wyra, but that is the Wyra for me. That is the car that if, if I ever were to own one, I'd be like, this is, it's really quite expensive. It's really costing yeah. a lot. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I could have done this, but I would have that attainable hypercar at my budget level. I see and, that. And yeah. I also, the Amir is not for everybody. Most people, candidly, should buy a Cayman. I think they'd be happier. Yeah, I could see that. But I see that, I, yeah. the, the Amira is, is that for me. I mentioned the Artura as mm-hmm. one of my favorites. I could expound on its virtues. We did on camera. <laughs> we did. Price of fun, yep. I just can't afford one. Yeah. I would really like to have one. Despite all the foibles you've read about McLarens and Arturas and whatever, I really like the brand McLaren. Mm-hmm. I really like the Artura. I really like whatever else they're bringing out. Sure. I just like it right now. <laughs> I'm so all about McLaren. Uh, I've noticed, yes. Have they're we not noticed? in Porsche Cayman attainable kinds of, even though Caymans are expensive, I know it. You, you have you have excellent taste, Paul. Gen- as a general really, rule, you have really good taste. I yes. really like the McLaren Artura. Not in expensive taste, which is one of the reasons I'm so pleased that you like the G86 <laughs> as much as you do. Because I do. that is an I oddball do. I genuinely for you, do. For sure, yeah. But then there's the Artura on the other hand. Yes. Like, uh-huh. I really That need. is more in line with your traditional tastes. Food, water, shelter, Wi-Fi, and McLarens. <laughs> well, it used to be Cayman GT4, so you've actually upped your price a bit. Yeah, but still, I, I still need a GT4. I know. I'm aware. In addition. Okay. We also couldn't have pulled this year off without our partners, our sponsors, who have become True. friends. True. And we really, really appreciate them being alongside us. Griot's Garage, Power Stop Brakes, who have introduced Power Clear Wipers, mm-hmm. Vredestein Tires, who put tires on Todd, your 2017 Cayenne, Yep. the C8 Corvette, and the Prius. I yep. kind of miss our little friend. <laughs> and Autotempest.com. Thank you guys for using their products and services, mm-hmm. and thanks to our sponsors for bringing great products to you guys, too. We really appreciate their, their friendship, their partnership. We look forward to a lot of continuation there, and... 
Agreed. I'm just amazed. They they really came alongside us for us to pull all these trips off. Well, yeah, the road trips and everything, especially you also, you guys have to understand we get approached by every single, please make one video on our product for 60 seconds. Yeah. Stop your video and do this one thing about the food company or the lighting company or the radar company or that there's all, all mm-hmm. of the companies you've seen elsewhere. They've all approached us, mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. want to respect you guys enough to, to try to partner with companies that will be around for a while. It's one of the things we say to potential sponsors. We want you to be around for a while mm-hmm. so you can step alongside us for all the kind of content we create. And these are the brands that have already done that. And we greatly appreciate it. And thank you guys for recognizing that as well. Okay, so we're looking forward to the new year. <laughs> we are. We'll See be telling you about some of the cars that we will be excited to be driving in the next year uh, when we get into the new year, which will be the next podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Winter is here and that means it's time to check your windshield wipers. I'm sure you've noticed that old wipers leave streaks across your windshield and simply fail to wipe away the snow, sleet, or rain, which leads to bad visibility. So for last minute stocking stuffers or any time this winter, look to power clear wiper blades from our friends at PowerStop. Since 1995, PowerStop has brought performance brake upgrades to nearly every vehicle on the road, and we've enjoyed their brakes on many of our own cars. Now, PowerStop is bringing affordable safety upgrades to more than just brakes. PowerClear wiper blades feature real-view advanced rubber technology to bring you streak-free, long-lasting visibility in all weather conditions. Forget fussing around with adapters or sizes and trying to figure out which blade kit works for your car. Each wiper blade kit includes the exact size driver and passenger side wipers you need with vehicle-specific attachments. Plus, PowerClear wipers come with a really cool built-in wear indicator so you know when they have to be replaced. This product is rolling out now, so head over to PowerClearWipers.com to learn more and ensure your vehicle is winter ready. Dan writes to us from Connecticut. He is doing some long-term planning. Okay. We get to talk about barn planning. Did you notice? I did notice barn planning. I have barn thoughts. I'm so glad. Yes. Well, after 25 years of living and working in Manhattan, Dan flew the coop. He moved to Connecticut. He's starting to drive again, and this has awakened the long-dormant car beast within him. (laughs) I like this. He bought a house on a hill that has a three-car garage. But he says it only fits two and a half cars. I still can't figure that out. Two and a half cars? Like, what do you, What else do you put in there? Like, a, My guess is the house is old enough that it was built as a three-car garage and cars got bigger. So it's the carriage house. No, nobody was planning for SUVs no, in that garage. No, suburbans yeah. probably mm-hmm. weren't around. Well, Dan is lucky enough that his property is four acres in size and mm. he's got some cash sitting on the sidelines, which means he's looking to build a car barn to hold mm. the beast's food. I like it. He started to look into plans and different sizes and found himself wondering what is the perfect car barn size and layout and amenities and would like our opinion on the barn. Hmm. Moving in the middle of the pandemic was tough car-wise, so he leased an uninteresting Honda CRV as a stopgap measure in 2020. Luckily, the lease is coming up and the car will go away in 2024. <laughs> He's like, thank God I could <laughs> see the end. That's, that's terribly funny. His wife and he are child-free. He was able in 2022 to buy her a sidewalk edition mini convertible for her birthday, which is a Cooper S with some styling. Okay. Right. She adores everything about the car, which was a huge win for the beast's plans. (laughs) (laughs) Feeding the beast. I like it. It's good stuff. (laughs) She drives the mini in the summer. They let it rest for the winter before any salt hits the road. And their idea is to keep it long term. Okay. His wife would like something smaller. And Dan has a beat-up four-door truck. It's a 2004 Ram 1500 with the 5.7 liter. Which is not the smaller thing he's it's asking for. It's not the small it's not thing. That, yeah. I'm getting the idea, reading through the email, that he wants something small-ish for the two of them. Yes. Mostly for him, but she would drive it. It's when she's not driving the Mini, it can't be the pickup. We're trying to find that middle ground car they can kind of agree on. But because he is reawakened the beast of car interest it has to be satiated you know i was going after the one car idea here and and dan i may stick with that but then you've introduced the whole concept of building a barn when you build a barn guess what you have Mm. more parking for more cars yes the beast must be fed (laughs) 
He says, this is for handling cargo. The truck is massive snow events would could open the door for something with cool driving dynamics. It has opened the door. Mm -hmm. It's not going to, we kicked that open. (laughs) His wife doesn't want a manual. She'd like something that, that she could daily, but have enough luxury appeal that she feels like anywhere she goes, she could get out of it and be like, I'm proud of that car. So all of these are factors. And then we have a twist because this is an all weather car we're looking at. They have a steep, long driveway. He'd like something that winter tires can get him up the driveway all year long, which certainly complicates the uh, Alfa Romeo that I would re- recommend or, you know what, the Maserati that Paul would recommend. You know, something <laughs> Am I that much rear-wheel of a drive and ridiculous now? that we would recommend. It might not be the right choice. Yeah, okay. Dan and his wife have a Tesla solar roof. Okay. His first thought was getting an EV that would run free and last a long time. Is there an EV we would recommend that might be relevant for five to 10 years? Mm. Dan would like to keep this project, this first little project, <laughs> somewhere below $90,000 if possible. And hopefully something would be dynamic enough to move to the barn or be reliable enough to last seven to 10 years as the daily. Here's what he has considered so far. In the EV category, a used Taycan or Audi e-tron GT. Okay. Polestar 2. Or the cheapest whatever thing Tesla sells. He doesn't love this, but it seems economical. By the way, chance brought to my attention today, Dan. The cheapest Tesla Model S that can be found currently in Utah. It is a Model S, a 2013 S85. Okay. With 118,000 miles for 15 grand. $15,000 $15,000 for a 315 horsepower EV. Mm, mm. The batteries have been not replaced, but upgraded and worked on by Tesla Tech. So it's ready to rock. Mileage shouldn't matter on a car like that. But on the other hand, it's 15 grand. We were worried about Hellcats going on sale. Yeah. Okay. Model S is a different Model separate S concern. for $15,000. I mean, everything is continually upgraded and refreshed yeah. Yeah, the yeah. firmware, Dan. But do you want a $15,000 Tesla? Well, but that comes back to his initial question here. I want to talk about this for a second, Dan. We've mentioned this before about EVs, and that is they are advancing and changing so rapidly that I'm not sure there is a single EV being sold right now that in 10 years Mm. is going to feel anything other than ancient. Five years, some. Okay, uh-huh. you, you buy out right now that Tycon you're looking at or an e-tron. Those are going to five years from now are going to seem pretty cool still. But mm-hmm. the, these these built from the ground up EV platforms, I think the tech is moving too quickly to keep them feeling current. It's that it's that same problem yes. that you have when you get an early 2000s car that has the Atari bit screen. <laughs> But get in a Phaetons, car, anyone? For, but get in a car from the '90s with yeah. no screen at all, and somehow the car from the '90s feels more modern than the 10-year newer car from the 2000s because the tech has moved so far down the field since. And this is the real problem with current EVs: is that five years from now, some of them will feel okay. Ten years from now, it's going to feel like you're driving a classic car. I drive a classic EV. Seriously. That would be the They're EV guts replacement in an E-type. Quickly. They're, yeah. <laughs> right? So I, that's my real concern for you. I mean, I like the Taycan. Paul really likes the e-tron. We're fans of both of those. I think the Polestar 2, I think that is going to age extra fast. I just feel like those are already aging fast. You know? I don't, don't feel like, like those the Benjamin seem Button of cars. The reason that the Teslas don't age that fast is because they don't get refreshed very quickly. And they're ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. So it's like yellow cabs or crown Victorias. There's so many that you're unaware of what year that's from. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing true. about Tesla. So they survive. But I think the EV thing long-term is difficult. You have plug-in hybrids listed here. The Lexus NX is not nearly interesting enough. It's a perfectly fine SUV. My, my mother-in-law has one. It's a perfectly fine SUV. It is not nearly interesting enough for you and your wife to share as the additional fun car. I don't see it. You said a used Cayenne or a Panamera. Now, the e-hybrid Panamera does interest me for you because the e-hybrid, and I say this as the Cayenne owner, the e-hybrid isn't so screen-filled that it feels like a specialty EV. Mm. So the Panamera would give you good car dynamics, not SUV dynamics that I think you both would appreciate. It's plenty luxurious enough for your wife. She'd have no trouble driving it. I think it would get up your driveway no matter what with winter tires. It would look classy and it wouldn't look ancient as fast as anything pure EV. And I like the Panamera for you better than the Cayenne. That was your plug-in hybrid. 
Then you got into used cool cars and practical cars. Many Countryman and Accord Hybrid, both of which are fine for practical, but are we buying practical? I don't think we're buying practical. Practical doesn't stay for 10 years and wind up in the beast barn. Ooh. By the way, the barn has to be labeled as beast food. That's how you have to label the barn. Yes. It just says beast food. Enter here. <laughs> or don't enter exactly. here. Exactly. On your cool used cars, you have three. You said an AMG GT Coupe, which we really like. A Jaguar F-Type R. You can get that on all-wheel drive. That's a worthwhile one. But I actually think, I want to stop on one car you mentioned here that I think is the answer for you and your wife. You want something fun. You want something, you've been awakened to car love. You want something fun, Mm -hmm. but your driveway has me saying all wheel drive. Yes. And you want something not that big that your wife can drive easily and it feels luxurious enough you can go anywhere you want in it. You need an all wheel drive 911. I agree. You've said uh, 997 or 991.1, but the thing is you're spending 90 grand. You've got your pick of fairly (laughs) recent 911s. That's true. Get yourself a 911. 4S and be happy. Pick your Ooh. gen, get a PDK 911 4S and drive it year round in happiness. Ooh, you could get a 997 Turbo, Dan. Yeah, that's a lot of car, but you could. It's a lot of car. It's a lot of car. Hmm. I mean, just a just a, a 997, 991, or maybe even a 9 with 90 grand, a 992, early 992 in 4S. You have 4S options here with that kind of budget. I think both of you would love that car. Now, I would push you toward the 997. That is the 05 to 2012 range because mm-hmm. that is before the car gets bigger. And it is one of my favorite generations, if not my very favorite generation, of the 911 because it's still hydraulic steering and the car didn't get big yet. That's my personal preference. The 991 and 992 are more usable because the back seat's more usable and all that kind of stuff. You guys don't need that, but I'm just thinking aloud here. But come on, all-wheel drive 911 year-round is what it's made for. Yes, and I like that would be the benchmark, the foundation, the cornerstone of the barn full mm-hmm. of Porsches. Mm-hmm. Not full of Porsches. Yes. Why? I have to talk barns in a minute, but but just, okay. I, and here's the thing. I could see you keeping, let's say you found a really nice, oh, I just thought of one. The 997 Targa is one of my favorite alts. I like it has the, the really nice yeah. big chrome strip on it, and then it, it it's not a Targa like they sell now that looks like the old classic ones. It's it's a big glass panel that slides back. Those are gorgeous, and those are all wheel drive. Those are cool. I would love for you to have one of those. I think you'd love that car. But that's a car that could wind up stored in the barn, and you're happy to still have it ten years from now. I think your ten year old EV. I don't care what EV you buy. Your ten year old EV. You're going to be looking to get rid of. In 10 years. I couldn't. You're going to be looking to get rid of in less than five, maybe three. Dan, I love your suggestions. I really like that AMG T. Mm-hmm. I, I am a sucker for that car. It's so pretty. It's a very cool it car. It sounds so good. The presence of that car on the road is amazing, too. I, I need a barn with one of those in it, <laughs> along with the 911s in the Porsche collection. <laughs> okay. Then I toyed with the idea of that new M2. Because oh, of the okay. seats. I don't know if you like the new M2, but maybe as part of a fun Saturday, you go find the new M2 and you drive it because with the DCT, the, the suspension settings are really magical. It's really quite mm-hmm. nice to drive on the highway and it's a good size car and you lock that thing down into sport mode and it is astoundingly fast. Surprisingly it's fast. Yeah. so amazing. And then you have to get the carbon package and you have to get those crazy cool seats because of course you do. <laughs> They're great seats, but the price tag is, is enormous. Yes, but we're still talking less than 90, so we're saving money here. Dan, I'm saving you money. <laughs> then, okay. <laughs> then I thought you cannot ignore Boxsters because a $90,000 Boxster of any category, 80, 70 mm, to 90, mm. somewhere in there, that's a great Boxster. That's a GTS Boxster. Mm-hmm. But I'm with Todd, a 911, I am positive you would love it. And I really do like a Carrera 4, a Carrera 4S. The Targa is an excellent suggestion. Mm-hmm. I'm toying with the turbo idea, but, you know, I mean, they're all-wheel drive and they're mm-hmm. they're really great. But I think a Carrera 4S just straight up is the car that you and your wife would love to share. Mm. It's small enough and drives small enough Agreed. where it would fit what you need. And it's still really going to be something usable all the time. That's yeah. what's so great about it. It's not the precious fun sports car mm-hmm. that only comes out on certain. No, it's the 4S. Yeah. You didn't buy some weird one-off. Yeah. Drive that thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really put the miles on it. Like 
focus your efforts on putting the miles on that thing. <laughs> Plan a road trip and go. I do love this. This is great. Okay, so now I want to hear barn stuff. Well, I've got okay. a few ideas, but I want to hear your barn ideas. So, so Dan, I, I have just enough land and barely enough money to have actually done this and put a barn on my property, okay? And there were there were there was a lot of planning, okay? And then there was a lot of fighting with the county. Yeah, Todd fought the county. And then there was the a county. lot of permits. It was a it Sometimes was a, the county won. Sometimes the county <laughs> did one. It was a 2-year process that of course cost more than it should have and, and all these kind of things <laughs> happened and, and the the level of of legal quagmires related to the county for a very simple barn. I, I won't bore you. The point is, what are you going to actually use it for beyond just storing cars? I had to take a real serious look at myself and realize I'm not a guy that's going to spend all winter out there tinkering. Mm-hmm. It's not that guy. Yeah. It gets really cold here. Yeah. But I'm not going to be out there. Yeah. I, I, I'm just not. I want to get electricity. Haven't ha- I mean, again, more expensive than I planned it to be, but I want it to have electricity, but I don't need to sleep out there. I, I don't need to spend all, all evening out there in the winter. Uh, I don't need a, a full bathroom. I don't need any of that stuff. Now, some people, when they build a barn, they want to build barn slash man cave. That's a lot more money. And then my question is, are you actually going to use it for that? I'm such mm-hmm. a geek that when I see the big garage man cave with a TV mounted on the wall, I'm like, what a terrible soundscape to watch that TV in. It's going to bounce off everything. I right. don't get it. But I understand. You may want the man cave thing. So if you want to, then you have to expand beyond just the storage point for the cars. But my main suggestions to you are going to be this. Find a footprint at minimum that is two-car garage-sized width. So it's like a 16 16-foot door. Okay, mm-hmm. But go high enough, you could... Double stack if you want to down the line. Yeah, yeah. So you end up with, let's say, about a 12-foot high. So 16-foot wide, 12-foot high door, which is on the bigger side, but it's still a two-car garage size door. Doesn't mean you need to put lifts in right away, but the option is there because you built for the height. And then I would also recommend you build off at least a half or at least one car width worth of extra space for just storage workbench, mm-hmm. whether you're going to be out there a lot or not, just shelving and that kind of thing. Because what you don't want to have happen is you built a garage and then the lovely person in your wife would like to store some stuff in it and now you've lost a car space. Right. You don't want to have that happen. Right. So you got a little bit of extra area you could use for storage or whatever. It doesn't affect where the cars park. So at the simplest stage, you're talking about a two-car garage plus a car of space. If you want to say, talk about it being like an extra 10 by 20 mm-hmm. on the side, mm-hmm. but high enough, you could double stack. That's baseline. I'm going to go one notch above baseline just because I like art on the walls. I know you do, yes. And I like a painted floor. Yes. And you're going to have to decide on lifts. There's two kinds. There's storage and there's mechanic kinds of lifts that get the wheels off the ground. Mm -hmm. So you can change tires, change wheels, do an oil change, do light maintenance, that sort of thing. So you maybe want to both, but you know, you kind of got to decide. But if you're going to do a bit of car storage, like the mini that sits all winter, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely going to want to make sure you've got a battery tender out there and you've got electricity, you've got some good lighting. Yes, you're going to have to workbench area. So go look at some of the workbenches that are out there. So you're not doing that after the fact. You kind of pick a color scheme for the walls, maybe decide on some artwork, what's going to go where. So you've got some, you're going to be out there. You want a nice place to spend (laughs) some time. I'm not saying TV and pool table and all that kind of craziness. But but what people are hearing, and and I'm not taking anything away from your approach what people are hearing is the fundamental difference between you and i i'm like structure snow doesn't get in it sure victory but at the same <laughs> i fell across that finish line buddy but you're curating a nice interior on top of that which i fully respect because your barn on um, barn your garage on your house reflects what you're talking about with the painted floor and it looks excellent out there it's very very nice i mean i like painted floor because spills wipe right up they don't mm-hmm. soak into the concrete sure so sure. budget in for a painted floor you could even do do just a ground concrete and uh polished concrete floor and just seal that you could because the you know you're doing oil changes and you know coolant spills that things just wipe right up and just a thought for you and that is a drain if you can that's awesome can wash a car Mm -hmm. inside in winter or do any detailing whatsoever you're going to need a workbench area to store all your gross garage products you are yep but look at what is out there and what kind of cabinetry you like and what Mm -hmm. kind of you know, do you want running water out there? And by the way, warm running water That's to wash excellent. your car. If is you can have hot and cold really water and a drain, nice. you were, you're living high there. You really are. I Painted have to floor yep. with a drain and then you can squeegee all your water mm-hmm. in and make sure it's got the oil separator in your drain, especially out in your garage. But still. Look at you. Bravo. 
you can you can solve all this. It's not that expensive. You yeah, just have to yeah, solve yeah. it all before the concrete gets poured, mm-hmm. and then some lighting, workbenches, and minimal, and, and paint those walls. Hang some cool car art out there, or you know what? This is the art that you love that isn't cars. It's photography. It's mm-hmm. landscapes. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. abstract, whatever, and it's just different. It gives it a nice flavor, so it's minimal investment with max return on your man cave. You know what? It's a cave for both you guys to have whatever your wife is into. You know, she wants to spend out, you know, time out there doing whatever too. It's it's a nice place to have friends over. Got a drink in your hand, stand out there talking about whatever. <laughs> if you I buy yourself that. a Dodge Charger or Challenger, there's little circles that could be used as drink holders inside the, the hood. You just pop the hood up and there's a place for your right. beer right there. Done. Already built in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listings anywhere online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and far beyond your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure not to miss anything. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing so you can see what's out there, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars. One search. Thank you guys, as always, for questions. As always, we ask for them on social media when we record, which is typically Mondays and Thursdays for releases Tuesdays and Fridays. And that is what's continuing into next year, 2024. So we will be back with you next uh, Tuesday in two weeks. It's the 2nd of January, I believe. Second, yeah. We'll be back in case you're commuting or whatever it is you do when you listen to this podcast. Many of you have told us you actually struggle through your workouts easier because you're listening to us and not thinking about how much it hurts. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for rating this podcast and telling friends that is what keeps this podcast in the top 10. I cannot believe we're, uh, what is this, 859 episodes in. It's a lot of us. That's a lot. Thank you guys for that. That will continue as well. We have other things coming in the new year we want to talk about. But I'm going to go to questions, and I'm going to start on Twitter with Anna, who I I, I want to answer this on both sides. She said, we don't ever talk about Scion. Why is that? She said she knows they're discontinued, and that she also describes them as kind of meh, but that hasn't stopped us talking about other cars. <laughs> True. Uh, what's the deal with, with Scions? Is there nothing noteworthy? Well, keep in mind, I talked about Scion a lot over the years because of the FRS, which I owned. Mm-hmm. So the Scion F- FRS was a car that I talked about from the moment I got, actually from the moment it got introduced, which is two years before I got one. Beyond that, Scion is a brand for a specific customer. The XB Cube, for example. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people like that. Now, the people that bought it loved it, but nobody else bought that car. Yeah. It was just like yeah. a very specific group. And that was. And here's the thing. that the Scion XB was like the car where the Honda element was too normal. <laughs> okay, that's how far into niche sure, we went. Okay? Right. They had what, the, uh, the IA or something, their little small oh, yeah. hatchback that was actually a decent chassis underneath there. But the point I want to make here, Anna, is that generally this is not intended that we're not talking about Scion, but it's one of those blind spot areas where there is a better car for everything they offered with the possible exception of the FRS. So it doesn't rise to the top. That's the reason Mm. it doesn't get discussed. Mm -hmm. Over on Facebook, Adrian Lane was watching another car review YouTuber that was talking about exotic cars. Adrian realized with the exception of the McLaren, we don't review many exotic or expensive cars. So here's an idea is an April Fool's review of a very expensive car and review it as if it's just a regular everyday driver. For example, if we had the McLaren, we could talk about going through the drive through at a fast food joint or picking up groceries or something just like everyone does. Yes, we absolutely could. We've thought of further ideas, taking things a little mm-hmm. bit further than that. And we want to drive all those exotics. And we have slowly introduced them this year, but they have a particular place. 
we, we want to kind of land things for you. We want to ground them in. We know what we're driving and we appreciate it. And it's not just like, well, I've got all this money and well, I crashed that sad face, <laughs> head and hands emoji. No, I think it's also the reality of the fact we, we want, if we want to drive one of those exotics that you and I, for whatever reason, get a chance to drive. I mean, come on, we drove a, an over million dollar 959 Porsche. Yeah. We've driven pretty much everything in the Porsche lineup. We've driven plenty of very expensive stuff. We've driven a Countach. We've driven lots of exotics over the years. But the difficulty with many of them is we want to ground them mm-hmm. in reality. And I love your suggestions of doing everyday stuff with it. On one level, that does ground it. But I feel like there are car YouTubers. The reason they're car YouTubers is because they are rich people with disposable income that they bought a bunch of expensive cars. And so they thought, why don't I make a YouTube channel mm-hmm. where I'm a rich person who talks about the fact that I have expensive cars. And then invariably, those channels drive their exotic cars to the local whatever. Starbucks, right. taco joint. McDonald's because that is the funny juxtaposition. So they're already kind of doing that. What we want to really try to do, and that's what our whole price of fun piece is that we just released a couple weeks ago, is we want to, if we're going to drive something crazy exotic that you, the viewer, might not ever get a chance to drive to, how can we make it relatable? How can we connect it to experience you might actually have so you can go, I haven't driven that, but this is the connective tissue of the discussion versus just, well, that's a Pagani and that's cool, which don't get me wrong. I'd like to drive a Pagani and tell you that it's cool, but I want to ground it somehow. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with any other exotic car. Is there anybody who's going to say, no, this is not really cool? Only if they want clicks and it's sort of like, well, this is the worst car ever. Well, no, no, it's, no it's not. It was designed and engineered by experts. So they, they want to sell these cars. And I want to do the, the fun stuff too. But yeah, you're right. We got to keep it relatable. We've got to keep things. If we're going to own one of those cars, then what are you going to do with it? You know, we got to challenge you, the owner, to do it, not just wrecking them. <laughs> Eric on Facebook asks a question that as I read it, I started laughing more and more. He said, a question for the end of the year, especially with Ferrari coming out this weekend. If a Hollywood movie were to be made about everyday driver, <laughs> who would you want to play each people, each person in the cast? And then he lists his cast choices. I am going to tell you right now, spoiler alert, <laughs> I am not going to change a thing here because I think we have been extremely flattered by I this so listing. Too. So I'm not going to go anywhere else. He says... <laughs> Chris Hemsworth gets the role of me, Todd. <laughs> Jason Statham gets the role of you, Paul. <laughs> oh my gosh. Michael Fassbender as Chance and Carrie Mulligan as Mandy. I think you have flattered us across the board. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if that movie gets watched, but that is a, a star-studded lineup. <laughs> and uh, the Everyday Driver movie is now something I would like to see. There's going to be mm-hmm. action in that. I mean, I, Jason I Statham's know. in there and Chris Jason Hemsworth Statham is and Chris Hemsworth. Well, and, uh, <laughs> Michael Fassbender is, I mean, well, he's just yes. recently playing an assassin. I mean, he can, he's going to, yeah, people are going to die in this film. I don't, this is a violent <laughs> version of Everyday Driver, but I am on board. <laughs> Jim Walsh on Facebook says, now that the C8 is all back together, shouldn't we do a Deer Silhouette decal? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a great idea. Like Just like the Scuderia Shields on Ferraris. That's terrible. Yes, that's we could make it gold. Jim, I love it. Thank you for being a fan. Thank you for following the show, and that's to all of you. We really appreciate it. Vinny is asking a question that's almost a topic Tuesday, but you may have an answer for this as well. Does a manual transmission always make a car more fun? Aha. And then what are some fun cars you've driven that are better as an automatic? I'll give you one, Vinny. I would say BMWs. The new M2 has a very fast automatic eight-speed that they've made feel like a dual clutch, mm-hmm. which is very impressive. The manual transmission on that car is fine. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It, it's yeah. not like I'm going to pick this for the manual. Yeah. Okay? So in that regard, I'd just take the automatic. I love the Alpha Julia, which only comes in automatic, and we all kind of bemoan that. My fear is if it came in a manual, it wouldn't be any good because the kind of car that it is, it might sure. be fun as well. Granted, I don't sure. have a direct comparison. But the first one I come to is a lot of BMW performance cars. I don't like the manual enough that I need it. And I do like the manual in the Supra, but Toyota did tweak that manual transmission. That one, that one doesn't feel better. like a BMW transmission. That is good. It doesn't. I feel like some of the cars that come with manuals, they're not the supercar, the hypercar kind of thing. And so having a manual really pushes them over the edge Mm. for me. GR Corollas and GR86s and that kind of thing. It's The Integra Type S. Yeah, yeah, good thing it came with a manual because now it really elevates that car and that chassis. But of course, I love PDKs. Mm -hmm. I love Porsche's manuals, transmissions. But the PDKs, I want that on track. 
in the GT4 RS? Yes, please. Mm -hmm. I completely understand why Porsche only offers that car. Same with the the GT3 RS. Sure. I get it. Mm -hmm. And it's brilliant on track and that's the transmission I want. Will it be more engaging? Well, it's not going to be more fun because I'm having more fun when I'm doing better on track and I'm going faster and I'm clip my line better and clip Mm -hmm. the apexes Mm -hmm. better. I'm having more fun when I'm going faster and doing it really well. You know, we haven't talked about supercars in a while. (laughs) And that is all those with really crazy price tags. Mm -hmm. You've noticed that none of them have manual transmissions. It's Gordon Murray as the only one at hypercar level and everybody else is autos only. I guess from a price standpoint, those are like three or four million dollars. So those are way up there. So everything below that doesn't. And he, as I understand, I could get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure as I understand it, he also polled his prospective buyers. He was not building a car and looking for buyers. He was building a definitive car with buyers standing off in the corner. Mm -hmm. And they polled their their buyers and were pleasantly surprised to discover that their buyers wanted manual. I wonder if other car companies started to do that. Like fascinating thought. Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren. Yeah. I wonder know. if they did that. Fascinating. That they'd find manuals coming back because they went away. They weren't a thing. People didn't want them. And I wonder if that might make a comeback. But for right now, everybody lusts over the hot sports car. Did it occur to you that that is not a manual transmission? They don't even mm, offer it. Mm. Hey, a cool looking Lambo or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, crazy McLaren drove by, 720, 750. Not a manual transmission. But yet, <laughs> oh my gosh. Look at that thing. That's so awesome. That must mean it's the most fun ever because it has a high price tag and it looks like that. Yeah. Still not a manual. Richard on Instagram is asking about our recent McLaren Artura test drive on our test drive channel. Oh, yeah. Now, you guys behind the scenes, if you haven't seen it or maybe you just heard the audio here, we actually had but lost, I won't get into the technology of it, but we had but lost the host cam on that piece. You only see the two of us sitting side by side in there in the test drive video. So we decided we had the audio. And we had a lot of B-roll because we had shot that car extensively for the price of fun piece. So we put the piece out anyway with our audio that where you can't see what see us saying those words. But these, this is what we talked about side by side and switching drivers and all that kind of stuff. We put B-roll over the top of it. He's just asking if that has if we have stumbled onto a new style, essentially. Are we going to do anything different going forward? And Richard, honestly, I'm going to say no, because with the McLaren, we were blessed with the backstop of having plenty of B-roll. Normally when we shoot test drives, we shoot a lot, but we don't shoot as much as we do when we shoot a big TV quality Comparo piece, which is what we'd shot with the McLaren for Price of Fun. We'd shot a ton more than we normally would for a test drive. So leaning on just the B-roll without having a camera on our faces was possible. Normally it isn't, and it would take more shooting to get that much stuff done. I also think, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I also think there is a natural engagement of seeing a person saying words. Mm -hmm. Not in a way that I want to just have us talking for 20 minutes and you see us say words. But I think when people are making certain points or you're coming back just to keep things moving, it's interesting to look at the car for a few things we talked about and then you come back to the person speaking and you see them speaking and then you step away again like you would in any documentary you've ever seen. So this is the reason that I think it's still important to have us on camera. But that was an interesting test piece. Matthew Dirks on Instagram asks if we've ever thought about doing a demolition derby. <laughs> I've thought about it and no is the answer. Okay. I do not want to do a demolition okay. derby. I want to go to a demolition derby. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching one. I went to one two summers ago in a small town near me and it was fantastic. <laughs> what I learned is that if you want to be competitive, you take the radiator out of the car. It's usually some mid-70s, mid-80s, giant V8-powered American sedan. Sure, sure, sure. And you just connect the hose back right into the engine. So whatever water or coolant just gets cycled right back through <laughs> through just a length of a hose. Because mm-hmm. if you have a radiator, that's the first thing that goes. And it spews mm. hot liquid into the air. And suddenly your car dies. And somebody is going to clobber you. Interesting. If okay. you want to be competitive, you just need the engine to run for just a little that's bit. That's really funny. Who cares if it blows up? And usually, weirdly, they kind of don't. They just keep <laughs> running in spite of the abuse. <laughs> I saw some hits that I could not believe you were not taken away in a stretcher. Well, I, I was going to say, I don't oh, think the Hans devices gosh. they make are big enough for me to want to do a destruction derby. Because oh, the gosh. hits that you see sometimes, I'm just like, I think you're going to feel that forever. Yes. Uh-huh. And then they drive the backhoe into the stadium, into the, the yeah. dirt arena, and they drag these cars out of there because that's the only way <laughs> to get corpses. these dead cars out of there. Yep. And the drivers are just like, 
Oh, I, and the prize money is like, it's for glory. It's like thanks for coming is what it is. Yes, and and you don't leave with a car. That's the thing that makes me laugh about it. You, it's not like you. It's not like you went to the racetrack and you left with your car because you had a fun day at the racetrack. You went to the racetrack and you left with no car. I watched one team call. I'm going to call him Lurch because he was like the biggest guy in the paddock. He okay. was just right. huge. And they called him over. They had to pound out a fender because the it had been bashed into and the wheel wasn't turning on the front. Okay. So they just got him to like pound the fender back out with a sledgehammer. <laughs> like for, oh my gosh. Like the it. stuff you see, like guys driving around in the, in the backhoes with their kids sitting in their lap. Don't care. The, like, Love it. Oh my gosh. It was, it. it was perfect to go to and watch. And I don't want to be driving. Colin Cutler asks a question that, okay, you're probably not going to be surprised at my answer, but I feel like I have to go there. He said, what's the most underrated car we've reviewed this year? And you're not going to be surprised to hear me say this, mm. but I'm going to say the new Prius. Yes. Because yep. it, it, yep. it's still a Prius. It's still, its intention is to be economical. It is intended to be your economical city car do-it-all. That is its purpose in life. And it has done that up to this point, but it has also been a fantastic poster child for the appliance problem in cars. It does its mission brief, but there's no fun there at all. It doesn't look fun. It doesn't drive fun. It isn't fast enough to be fun. And this new one is really fighting upstream against that reputation of the Prius that we have added to, I will admit it. And here it is uh-huh. something that is genuinely good looking. It actually turns my head now. Forget the fact that we had one for a bit. When I see one, I'm like, that actually is just a, it's just a good looking car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it turns my head and it is decent to drive. The seats are terrible for, for fun driving. And yeah. we have a really fun track piece coming. It's not intended as a track car. It's not intended as a fun car first, but it has enough speed to not embarrass itself. And it looks great. And it is fighting that reputation. So I have to say, I had so many conversations this year about you know what? The Prius is pretty worth it now. And that's mm-hmm. never happened before. It was like when the Stinger came out, most people said, well, it's pretty good for a Kia. No, it's just a just, great just car. Just full stop. I don't care what the badge is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a Kia? Oh my gosh, it's changing your perception. It's, it's in that category. You're absolutely right. Bob McCormick is asking a question that is close to my heart because it's that time of year when I might have a little bit of time to just play some video games. <laughs> and he's saying, what's a really good driving sim and if it and one that works on PS4, you need Gran Turismo Seven. It's actually worthwhile. But the way to do it really is to get the full wheel and pedal set up. And you gotta have really a wheel engage. But yeah. but that actually is a really good one for PS4. It works on PS5 as well. But but the uh, Gran Turismo Seven is actually really good. It's the the only problem with it is it's that earn cars over time model, which I don't love. But you uh, you can do a lot of stuff with it, and there's a lot of good tracks. The car we didn't drive this year, Kyle B, was the CT4 Blackwing. True. Yeah, we didn't we get in that to. car. Mm-hmm. We tried a few different times and still have not driven it. Maybe it'll have a place, but at this point, it's not news. Mm-hmm. So driving a standalone will not be interesting. I mean, we'll say it whatever. It just won't get clicked, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But if we have a, a place for it, uh, absolutely. We're open to driving it. Both mm-hmm. both black, black wings, the CT4 yeah, for sure. uh, four and 5Vs. So, yeah, we look forward to that car, but uh, there's a lot to look forward f- for 2024. Although... Weirdly, I feel like we're in this holding pattern. Mm. Everything has come out in 2023. Cybertruck on down. Mm. I'm wondering if some car companies have some stuff up their sleeve. Because what car can you name right now that's like, yeah, the 2024 what? Mm-hmm. The, the 24-25 thing. I hope it'll be here. The Amira What's, came out. Yeah. Interesting. Ray came out. Yeah, a lot of stuff came out this year. But, but I'm hoping that this next year is kind of like this year was in one regard. And that is there were a few things that popped up that we were like, oh, that comes out this year? Yeah, Oh, oh wow. So I, I'm, I, we're going to talk a little bit next time about what we're looking forward to in the year to come. But uh, that will be as the start of next year. So uh, we're excited to have you with us for that. Yeah, thank you for a great year, everyone. Really appreciate your interaction. Share the podcast and give us a rating and reviewing mm-hmm. if, it, uh, if it strikes you, if you're there. We'd love to hear from you online, wherever you consume the podcast. Yeah. Leave a comment on a video. We appreciate your watching, your interacting. What a year it's been. And we've got so much more to come. Mm-hmm. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.